Hello and welcome to part two of the Little Line preview series. Um, you're listening to this a couple of days down the line. Me and Campbell were talking about this about two minutes ago. Um, but I'm getting joined by Campbell. How are you doing, Campbell? Yeah, not bad at all, Chris. Thank you. I'm aware this is a bit of a redundant question because we're basically recording this in a one-off. So while everybody listening to this is hearing this over the space of a week, we are literally having the same conversation. So when I say, how's Campbell doing? Unless something tragic has happened where we've had to stop the pod, I'm pretty safe in the knowledge that it's, it's probably the same as he was before. Um, but uh, we've done SWPL1, so make sure you go back to listen to that if you haven't already. And we're now going to look at SWPL2, um, where I think it's going to be super competitive again, Campbell. Um, and there's also been some last-minute changes to the teams, and I think the impact of the development teams probably here is probably what's been felt the most. Yeah, obviously it's there's a lot of league reconstruction things as well. Extra teams, development sides disappearing as you say. But a lot of these players have then appeared into the first teams of a lot of the teams we're going to be going through here. So it's it was a very tight league last year, and as you said, that it could be like that again. So it's a season that I'm really looking forward to in the second tier and one that really anything could happen. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And before we before we get into that, let's just quickly remind people of how the, the changes to the structure work in SWPL2, because it's probably the league that's affected the most in that regard in the SWPL. So champions go up as normal. There'll be a playoff spot between second and second bottom, uh, SWPL2 and SWPL1. Um, and then from there, we'll have uh, two bottom teams going down who will go into the new championship divisions, and there'll be a playoff places above them as well. Um What's happening? And I think probably the biggest news before we get to what's going to be happening this season is what kind of is the end of a pretty sad story, Campbell, in terms of Hutchison Vale, who announced not that long before the season starts, if I'm being, I'm being honest, maybe that could have been dealt with a bit quicker, but Hutchison Vale, who have withdrawn from the league, um, what that means is they've been replaced by Burnham Youth Thistle. So one Edinburgh club goes out, one Edinburgh club comes in. I think it's probably fair to say, Campbell, we hope Hutchison Vale can get their house in order and obviously come back stronger because you have had a, a big impact in women's football and Scottish football as a whole. Um, but Burnham Youth Thistle are, are a good addition, one of Scottish women's football's biggest kind of standalone clubs. Yeah, obviously as you're saying there'll be a late arrival and it might be tough to get ready that be quick, but that bit quicker, but it's certainly be competitive. Obviously they were kind of below the development teams um, in last year's SWFL1 South as it would have been, so... Obviously, disappointing to see Hutchie go, but I think after the way things went last season, following their split for the University Link, it's kind of it's probably the best thing for the league. And as we're saying, just yeah, it could be an really intriguing season. Yeah, absolutely. And let's let's get into SWPL two, and let's start with the team that came down from SWPL one last season, Stirling University. Um, it wasn't a great season for them in, in SWPL one. Campbell, I think it's probably very fair to say, didn't win a game, uh, only got two points from two draws. Uh, yeah, I think going down was probably the right thing to happen for them in terms of, obviously, the results over the course of the season. Not much noise from them so far in terms of what's coming ahead this season. Obviously, the the, uh, the Bucks is on just now, the University Challenge Cups and League, so it means our squad information is a little bit harder to find just now. How do you see Stirling University doing? Well, I'm working on the pretty fair assumption that the squad's going to be fairly similar to what, to what came down last season. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, it was a poor season for them, and but I think with the fact that they're maybe reliant on the universities, a lot of obviously kind of consolidation might be their main aim for this season. As you're saying, they've obviously got a lot of these university games on. I know they're playing down at Loughborough this morning, this afternoon, or a couple of days ago, whenever it was. Sorry, but um, you look at players now, the likes of Ellie Keane, who's obviously at Aki's, Some of these players 
playing for them in these games, but obviously not in the SWPL, which has that negative impact on them as well. And it's a really tough start for them in the opening day against Hamilton, who struggled to go up last season. I think that's where I'm heading um, to start the league season. So, yeah, they're, they're a strange team selling uni, but they're one that you wouldn't see probably being too near the bottom of the table. They should win some games this year that they didn't last. But um, either, just again, like we've mentioned, some of the SWPL1 teams, they're a team that we're not really sure what to expect yet, so we're just going to have to see how they get on and how good their start to the season actually is. Yeah, I think so. I think one of the, the consequences of some of the changes that have happened in the development structure means that some of the teams in SWPL2 have a little bit of the unknown to them in this, in this realm because, let's be honest, Campbell, we can only go and watch as much women's football as, as is possible to do in person because we don't have that raft of coverage in the men's game in terms of television, YouTube and, and such like. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of the unknown for some of these sides this season as well. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see how Southern University settle into the division. Um, we've seen, historically, sometimes it's quite hard to break that losing habit. But with the Bucks, it kind of gives them that opportunity to do that a little bit. Although, obviously, the squad is slightly different because some players who play for Southern University um, on a university scale don't play the club football for them. So, yeah, very interested to see how they get on. And Craig, Craig Beveridge is a, a top man. He's always good to, to speak to as well whenever you're, you're at one of their games. So, very interested to see what happens with that. But... Let's probably go into, I think what we've decided, Campbell, is maybe our, our, kind of, our top kind of two or three in terms of who we think are going to be in the running title-wise to start off with anyway. Obviously, it's a long league season and lots can change, but uh, let's start with Aki's finished second last season, ran Harps close, probably just ran out a little bit of steam uh, towards the end of the season. Obviously, last day, they were still with a shout, but when Harps got their result, they were losing to Kilmarnock. But I think they've had a pretty good um, pretty good winner in terms of player retention and signing, so They've retained Amy Anderson and Kirsty McIntosh uh, in midfield, and they brought in Heather Richards, a former Scotland international. Um, she will be an interesting one to watch. I suspect that there'll be a little bit of bedding in. She's been away from the game for a little while, but I mean, those three players, once they're all up to speed, that's a that's a pretty formidable mid, uh, midfield for SWPL one. Never mind just SWPL two. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of these players with Aki's, as you're saying there, were were crucial for them last season. Slightly disappointing them a few times, likes of the Kilmarnock game. You're seeing other ones against teams like Partick Thistle as well, where they threw away points that they probably shouldn't have. But you've got to make them league favourites for this season, as you're saying. They've they've kept the majority of that squad together. And it is a very strong squad with these decent additions as well. Hamilton should be a really good side. And as you're saying again, if you can just keep the three of them fit and firing throughout the season, then they shouldn't have any bother of being at that top end of the table at all. We know obviously they've got a great uh, couple of managers and coaches there as well. Great sale as well as the media section also been very busy over the winter too. So there's it's all good things comes from Hamilton and you would you hope that they can continue last season's form. Yeah, I mean I think we'll probably get to some of the things we've liked over the winter in the third podcast. But yeah, I mean Hamilton they put the hustle in. It's it, you cannot deny that um, in terms of how they cover the team. But yeah, going back to the playing side for a moment, I think you're right that midfield three. And I mean, this, the backup they've got to that as well. They've got the likes of uh, Nick Sturrock who can come in, Ellie Kane, uh, Amy Bullock, Nick Quigley. I mean, there's lots of options there. Um, they've still got Dion Brown, joint top also on SWPL2 up top. Um, they've also got Chloe Muir and Tegan McCann who were getting bled into the team towards the back end of last season. Um, I think they both have a lot of promise to them. And then they've made a couple of defensive signings as well, Campbell, and bringing in Hannah Coxley from Rangers and Georgia McTeer from Glasgow Women, plus a couple of academy signings. So... It feels like quite a, a big squad, but actually when you look at it, it's just, I think it's probably the right size for a long season, providing nothing 
bad happens in or out for any reason. Yeah, yeah you know, obviously when we get the other teams in a minute that we think could challenge with them, but Aki's obviously, as you mentioned, they've brought in some great signings, they've kept a lot of the strong players as well. And yeah, see them, you've seen them a couple of times in friendlies and things as well. I can't see why they shouldn't be classed as favourites. They'll be a good side to watch, you'd imagine. Saw them again a couple of times towards the end of last season. And some of these players, some of the younger ones even coming through, were making a big impact for them in these games. So I think Aki should be a good side to watch again um, for the SWPL2 season. Yeah, and then let, let's move to the team that finished third last season. They had a really strong end to the season, which was Dundee United. Um, I I was putting together, so if you follow leading the line and you listen to this, excellent. If you don't, then go follow leading the line on Twitter, because I put a wee shout out to kind of get some squad list together. And Dundee United, uh, Lee, who's taken over the media role there, um, was very kind enough to send it over. And I was actually looking at the business Dundee United have done over the summer. And actually, Campbell, they've, they've done pretty good business. They've brought in... Uh, Robin Smith and Danny McGinley from Hearts. Um, both of them were part of the squad that, that won the SWPL2 title last season. And they've also brought in Holly Napier from Rangers, who was playing regularly for Rangers in SWPL1 last season as well. And I know, obviously, from speaking to, to Graham Hart, the assistant, that um, he's very keen to see how uh, Isabella Rosalina does. Now she's kind of embedded properly into the side. I think Dundee United could be a, an intro. Well, they are going to be a good, a good watch to try and see how they get on this season. Um, what's, your, what's your take on United? Obviously, you're a United boy, so let's let's hear how you take on it. Firstly, Harry, it'll be buzzing. You've given my mention uh, yet again. But um, no, I mentioned you're saying some of the players that come in, Holly Napier, Robin Smith, and Danny McGinley have got great experience at this level and above, as you're saying. And it's United have now got the bother almost of trying to fit all these players into their side because they've got some great ones there. You mentioned Bella Rosalina. She's part of that sort of American trio of attacking players, like the Mishlash midfielders with Ali Crum and Nakia Graham as well, who did really well when they came in the tail end of last season. And United finished the season really, really strong when these players came in. And I expect them to be up there again. And uh, there's obviously, there's Jose Lee coming in there to take over the media as a great addition for them on that side as well, because there's not always too much of them coming from the men's side who almost struggle to promote themselves at first. So... But not on the part, I think United will be a really good side. And again, they've kept that squad together. You, know, you look again um, at the likes of Eve Guthrie as well, who were scoring goals for fun. And I think we're playing alongside some of these more experienced players, the likes of Rosalina as well, getting a full season. And United will right be up that end of the season, uh, that end of the table again, sorry. And they'll look to push on as well. And if they can start the way they ended, then they'll certainly give Hamilton a tough task of things. And obviously, they face each other in the League Cup at the start of the season as well. So that could be an interesting one. It's almost a marker to see how both sides got on in the season, but I think then United will really be one team to watch. Yeah, I'm kind of swithering about whether I make Aki's against them the United my first competitive game of the season anyway. Um, I'm keen to try and I know that you're you're of a similar mind, Campbell, try and see as many teams as possible as quickly as possible. Um, so I've been going to some random random uh, pre-season matches as well. But yeah, I think, as you say, I think the way they finished last season and the additions they've made to the squad, I think it looks like Dundee United are in a really strong position and um, yeah, that Aki's Dundee United game in the SWPL Cup is, is certainly going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. The Probably the third team we think uh, are kind of going into the mix is Parthic Thistle. Um, they've made a, a number of signings. They've signed a, a trio from Kilmarnock including Claire Doherty, uh, a player that I, I think I really rate though when I was watching their preseason game against Hearts the other week because she was kind of playing at fullback, which was a little bit surprised at. Um, they've also brought in Jade Gallon and Jade Bailey from Rangers. So uh, Jade Gallon, who was SWPL one player of the month, so I want to say November time, or maybe October, um, and Jade Bailey, who 
is a very good shot stopper, uh, and and she was probably of the of the Rangers keepers that were available. She was probably the pick. They've also brought in Emma Craig from Celtic, another really interesting signing. And in overall, the, the names that part of this have added to the squad, Campbell, it's, it sounds really good. I think probably for you when I was watching them the other day, it doesn't quite look like it's all coming together quite yet, though. Yeah, there's a lot of additions, obviously. We know John Doyle's come in from uh, Glasgow Girls as they were last season as well to take charge, and obviously Beth Adamson as well does very well with them. So they've certainly got the right people to take control of the side. Um, you mentioned these players been for Kelly, Claire Doherty, Kim Murphy and Claire Fleming have all got that experience of the league. And yeah, again, it's tough for all the players to gel right away, but there's there's certainly these good names there and they can get that training throughout the season and then hopefully for them start well. They've obviously got the three cup games too. There's there's no reason to say why Partick won't be at the top end of that table as we mentioned there. So I mean, it's It'll be a really interesting team to see. Obviously, they were very almost own experience last year. They've lost a couple of those players, adding them with just in some youth coming in. But they've certainly got a good, a few good names there. And the likes of McAvoy, Shannon Torn, Nicola Miller as well. You've mentioned you haven't mentioned there that again they're good players for this level. So it'll be really interesting to see how part of this will go on. And I think it's the, you probably put them in the same bracket as the United and Hamilton. They are your three teams that you'd be watching for the start of this season. Yeah, I think so. I think if you're just to kind of look at the squad list in, in entirety of what's available at the moment, I think so. I think you're probably putting those three kind of in that mix. I am probably slightly underneath that, Campbell, but maybe not by much as uh, Glasgow women, formerly Glasgow girls, or they are still Glasgow girls in the, the under-19s and under-15 setup. Um, they have brought in um, Craig Joyce from Glasgow Developmental, and that has meant that some players from Glasgow Developmental have come in, as have players from lots of development sites. I'm not going to list all the signs for Glasgow women. Um, by all means, go and check their social media. They're very good at promoting their signings. Um, but some of the ones that stood out for me, Campbell, they brought in Sophie Allison, Scotland under-19 goalkeeper, and Carson McGlinchey from City. Um, they recently brought in Anna Dickov and Abby McDonald from Hibs, and they brought in Courtney Kearney, uh, Courtney Keary from Rangers. And they've also retained a couple of players. Um, obviously, you spent some time at training with Glasgow Women um, and uh, sat down with Craig, who was very kind enough to speak to you, and we put something up on the website about that. Uh, what was what was your take from being there and training and kind of being around the club and obviously this kind of new generation of Glasgow Women because they too had a little bit of controversy about how the kind of squad disbanded and then came back together again? Um, well, they started last season obviously quite strongly with Chloe Doherty and Lucy McEwen as it was at the time were you know, kind of setting things alight and they just they sort of fell away a wee bit and I think they kind of themselves thought it was going stale so they've really taken that opportunity with the development teams disappearing with a lot of site development players coming in as you've said Craig Joyce knows these players as well speaking to him I think he really knew it was about how long it takes them to gel and if they can gel quickly then they could be a really good side um, Sophie Allison you mentioned there obviously had she was in great form the night I was at training there as well. And a lot of the players you mentioned too, the likes of Suzanne McTaggart, again, that wee bit more experience that they can add. Uh, Joanne Addy too, they can add to these, add to the younger players that are there. Uh, looking at some of them, I think they could be a really good side to watch this season. They weren't really, I mean, Craig himself was saying, they're quietly hoping that they can push up for promotion, but it just depends on how long they take the gel. If they can do it quickly, there's no reason why they won't be up the top half of the table, but... So a lot of change just saying um, with the way players disappeared. I know a lot weren't happy about that, but I suppose the Glasgow men's sort of their motive from that point is that's just how football works. And they can get off to a good start as well. They've got a tough group um, in the League Cup and then they've obviously got a derby with Partick this will start the season. It's not going to be easy for them, but if they can get a couple of wins together, there's no reason why they can't build confidence and they could sort of be a dark horse in SWPL too. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that, that, that Glasgow Derby at the start of the season will certainly give a, a good indication, certainly in terms of the early stages of how both those sides are shaping up. Now, moving a little bit further down in um, FC Kilmarnock, um, who are now Kilmarnock women, so another team changing their name. Um, at the time of recording, they haven't announced their head coach, Campbell. We kind of have a strong inkling that we know, but we, we don't want to be the, the guys that say it and then it hasn't been announced by the time this podcast goes out. But I think it's probably fair to say that with Kilmarnock, obviously a few faces have gone out. Um, and I think we're probably also just waiting for that kind of burst of information about Kilmarnock just now, just to find out exactly where they're going to be sitting this season. Because they've obviously lost a few faces. Lisa Swanson's obviously gone as well, who was their top goal scorer and the joint top goal scorer in SWPL too. Yeah, I, I, I'll be interested to get your take, because for me, I feel like I don't know a lot about what's happening with Kilmarnock at the moment and maybe just waiting for that, that burst of info. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously leaving it a wee bit late, but the, well, the name change was fairly late as well, as you're saying. But um, and there were a team last year that, for spells, kind of pushed forward, but always looked like they were going to be sort of mid to lower table. And they have lost a lot of these players. I know they've had a couple coming in and things like that. Obviously, the two from Hong Kong as well. And a lot pushing up from sort of the younger teams. Come on, look, they're a team that has the potential there. Obviously, Stuart Hall's away as well as the assistant which left Michael McDougall, who we believe is not going to be the new manager. But, um, yeah, Kelly, I, I hope they can do well this season, but I, I have the fear for them that it could be a bit of a struggle. I'd love to be proved wrong there. Same um, another couple of teams we'll get to later on, but I think it's it's going to be a hard season for Kilmarnock and they're going to have to start well. And obviously they've got a really tough game to get, begin the season against a boy in promoted Aberdeen. So there's things coming with Kilmarnock. It's just a case of how long they take to sort of get everything sorted and then gel as a side, but I think it could be a long season for them. Yeah, um, yeah. as I said, I think it's, it's going to very much depend what that, that squad shapes up as um, when the new the new head coach comes in. Um, but yeah, it could be, could be a long season, but again, it could not be. Uh, SWPL2 has proven time and time again that you never quite know what's going to happen in every given week. Um, uh, underneath them in League of St. Johnson, finished seventh last season in SWPL2. Um, a side that we we've been accused of maybe being really nice about, and I think there's not a, a bad thing about being nice about any side. And I think we always try and be as fair and balanced and give praise where it's due to everybody. I think maybe we just thought that sometimes St Johnson just didn't quite get the roll of the dice. They haven't made many signings. They've signed a couple of uh, players from Dunfermline, Morgan Steedman and Laura White, who scored a lot of goals in the chat in what was SWFL One North last season. Um, still quite a young side. They've got. A couple of players who you think maybe could burst out if they if they're heading the right place and the conditions fall right for them. What what's your take, George? Do you think they're maybe part of that kind of lower half of the table pack still at the moment? Yeah, I mean, as you're saying they got a lot of praise from us last year for the play the football without maybe winning too much, but I mean, possibly slightly underwhelming with their signings. I think St Johnston and similar Kilmarnock. I hope I'm proved wrong, but I feel they could be one of these sides that's sort of towards the bottom, maybe, not the bottom, sorry, but the bottom half, maybe a bit more. And again, they could possibly struggle. You never know again themselves in Kilmarnock. Last year proved they can beat anyone on their day, but some of the new sides coming up, a lot of improvement as well. Some of the teams around them, perhaps more than these two have shown. It's We also need to wait and see how they get on. and We don't know. They could be doing really well behind the scenes and they could do really well at the start of the league season, but it's they've got a really tough group as well, as we're seeing there in the Cup. So it's it's not going to be easy for St. Johnston, and I really hope they do kind of continue to get that place from us, but there's obviously no guarantee of it. So it's, it's going to be a strange season there, but I fear they could be a similar bracket to Kilmarnock, perhaps. 
Yeah, uh, I think that as it stands at the moment, I, I think they're going to be in that kind of that that bottom end of the table. But clubs love proving us wrong all the time, Campbell. So fire away, we're happy to be proven wrong we're all the time. Win the league. <laughs> going to win the league. Um, that's the teams that were in the league last season, plus Southern University. We've got three new additions. Um, so let's start with Aberdeen. Campbell, I think Aberdeen are probably the one that are, are most talked about in terms of maybe a little bit of a dark horse. Um, obviously, based uh, right in the, the north of the country, had a really strong SWFL wins campaign last season. Kind of swept the board a little bit, the awards, Campbell, in terms of uh, player and, and coach and such like that. Um, Harley Hamdani has left though he was co-manager with Emma Hunter Harley's um, going to Australia looks like he's having a, a wonderful time going by his Twitter which is great to see um, they have some really talented players and takes off Ailey Shaw and Bailey Hutchison and they've made some additions um, they've brought in some faces from SWPL2 sides Beth McPherson's coming from Forfa Farmington as well um, Jenna Penman from Dundee United and Amy Strath who's come from Iceland are, are three of the names that popped up unfortunately don't have a squad list for them yet at the moment, so can't give you a full kind of overview. And it looks like in terms of social media, there is an Aberdeen FC women's account that Leadingly follows, but uh, it, there's not many updates at the moment in terms of what is happening with the squad, so hopefully that will change. But yeah, I think Aberdeen are probably a team that everybody's most curious about, Campbell, especially given that it looks like they're going to be playing out of the new Cormac Park as well. Yeah, I mean, Aberdeen had that great cup run last season and they obviously beat Kilmarnock in that, getting there, they beat Spartans as well from SWPL1. So they, they should be a great addition to the league. I don't see them having too much bother of kind of being in relegation trouble, but again, as you say, we always prove wrong, so you do never know. Um, yeah, I think almost as well, the distance a lot of these teams are having to travel on a Sunday afternoon, going up to Aberdeen may affect them, moving to Cormac Park as well from uh, the sports village up there. Aberdeen could be a really interesting side to watch there. Um, as you're saying, we don't know too much about them yet this season with the squad less wise, but I think Aberdeen will be an interesting team to watch and obviously if they can replicate that cut one over Kelly and the day. And again, similar to Glasgow win, that confidence could be the sort of thing that moves them forward in the league and how they get on against some of the sides at the top as well. Maybe interesting to see. Yeah, I think the the suspicion is that they'll be all right this season. Um, I think if they do anything better than mid table, I think we can probably count that as a little bit of a surprise. But yeah, I think your point about the journey on a Sunday will be in, is a good one. It'll be interesting to see what time Aberdeen pitch their kickoff times at. So a lot of SWPL clubs obviously kind of ground share or higher pitches, so they tend to have a set kickoff time. Um, Aberdeen sounds like they probably won't need to have that, but it'll be interesting to see if they try and use that to their advantage. Uh, imagine a 12 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday not going down particularly well if you're a Kilmarnock um, or Hamilton uh, player trying to get back up up there on a Sunday morning. So yeah. Very interesting to see what happens with that. And um, the other team to kind of come up by by right, I suppose is probably the, the right word for it, is Queen's Park. Um, they finished best of the rest in the SWFL1 South underneath the development teams. They made a couple of interesting things. They brought in Shelley Campbell and Jane Cameron from Rangers. And they've picked up some of the Glasgow women players that we were talking about earlier on. So Lauren Kerr, Tony Hartness and Lauren Coleman, to name, to name some of them. Um I've actually went to see Queen's Park. I saw them in the, their very first pre-season against Dunfermline. It was a bit of a mad game. I don't think you can really glean that much from it. Uh, but they are my local team. They're quite close to me. So it's, it's an nice easy joint over for me to kind of start the season with. I think Queen's Park are probably... I think they're going to be looking to make sure that they, they stay up this season. Hopefully they cause a couple of shocks. But yeah, um, when you think about that jump from one league to another that happens in women's football and the fact that, that Queen's Park and Burnham Thistle, who we'll talk a little bit about as well, um, didn't finish at the top end of those leagues. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how they cope with that adjustment. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously Queen's um, like Aberdeen are a good cup run, but again, they were perhaps, although they were perhaps playing some lesser teams like Sidon Fairman that you've mentioned, um, they've added the SWPL2 quality as, you're, as well there. It's just a case of can they make that step up. It's obviously going to be hard. But Danny Knight and Patrick Thistle did it last season where they came up, and obviously we've now got them in the top three favourites for the league. So it's, yeah, Queen's, but there's no reason, again, why they, why they can have a great season. But, um, yeah, I think consolidating the place in the league is almost going to be their main aim, and it's, it's going to be very competitive, so there's, there's nothing you can say that they're not going to go and get points. But I think it will be for them, maybe, to get points, and it will be for Aberdeen coming up. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. It's probably the same thing we, we can say about Birmingham Fist at the moment. We've already talked about the fact that they are maybe a little bit short in time in terms of preparing for it, but they are a very young side. They've got players in the under-17 setups, and they obviously have a well-known path in terms of their history. They're managed by a former Scotland international, Susie Shepherd. Um, so I, I personally, what I would love to see, and given how the, the league kind of petered out, well, not petered out, panned out is the, the right I'm looking for, um, powered out uh, last season, Campbell. I think what we're very keen to see is, especially with that kind of playoff situation at the bottom of the table, is we don't want to see anybody kind of cut adrift. And I don't get the impression that that's going to happen this season, which can only be a good thing for the, the competitiveness of the league as a whole. Yeah, those who were mere being aside either, like, you know, obviously Hatchie had some major problems and every week you knew they weren't going to win. I don't think Burham will have that problem. I think, for the, looking obviously, the last team that came up, they were the lowest ranked of all the sides last season as well so it's you can see why the people's favourites to go down but yeah they want to prove folk wrong as well they've got a good set up there they're obviously feeling a big name in the women's and girls football too so it's it could be it could have a good season for all we know as well so it's it's hard to judge but I think they'll also just be looking to sort of consolidate their place in the league and try and avoid those relegation spots it won't be easy but there's no reason to say why they can't do it and why they can't go and shock some teams throughout the season as well yeah, absolutely, and um, they uh, as they actually on the day of recording they announced a thirty pound season ticket. Some clubs haven't announced season tickets at all or ticket prices. So uh, the fact that they are willing to put that out there, I think, is a, a really good thing. Again, we're recording it on a Thursday. This will probably go out middle of next week. So when you're hearing this, very possible outside to release uh, season tickets by now. But we're really close to the start of the season, and there's a lot of teams that haven't done that yet. So kudos to Burnham with us. So and um, yeah, good addition to the league. I'm very interested to see how they get on. We talked about Campbell uh, in the SWPA one podcast whether or not we would see uh, a Hearts Hibs or a Rangers Celtic game. In SWPL two, I think it's probably fair to say there is some venues that aren't great for the fans. Is that is that harsh, or do you think there's maybe some some venues are maybe hopefully clubs have an opportunity to make them better or maybe play somewhere else this season? Um, I mean, obviously, look at Hamilton and Kilmarnock who are playing in their own stadiums. They're always great to watch Aberdeen go up to Becormac Park this season and Queen's Park at Lesser Hamden that are playing at these obviously good grounds to watch games in. Um, Partick Thistle as well, Peters Hill should be fine. They seem to have announced all their signings at Firhill, whether that plays a part. They may try and get games played there over the season. We know Thistle are obviously good to their community thing. Waits to be seen there. Stirling Union moving back to the university as well, so... Not really sure what that's like to watch a game there. I don't know if you've been or not. You can maybe tell us more. But um, St Johnston, obviously, it probably is fair to say there where they're playing is not great to watch. There's not really many facilities for the fact not at all. And I kinda, it takes away from it a bit the fact you can see McDermott Park in the background as they play on the after beside it. Maybe a bit of a letdown. Um, 
done the United as well. We know obviously they had their problems at the GA um, last year across from Paradise, had to move um, to the disc. Obviously, we spoke to Graham and we know a wee bit more about a potential new venue for them that will leave to be decided just in case that happens. But it's, yeah, these aren't the best places to watch games and you just hope that kind of changes. I know a lot of people may be not happy that the criteria has to be there and with certain teams having to follow it, why other teams need to get away with it or not, they might not be happy with. But hopefully that's something we see change and maybe if we can see teams using the stadiums, we know Dunny Knight have done it before as well. Partick, I'm not sure have, but again, these are tight sides that will maybe try to get these games played there and I hope that just attracts more fans as well because as you know yourself, you were up at a game at Perth last year in the pouring rain and when you're standing against soap, it's not enjoyable. So hopefully these sides can try and rectify that a wee bit and just make it more enticing sorry, for the fans to go and watch the games. Yeah, and I think a big role in that is obviously these match delegates at SWF have talked about a lot over the last few months. Basically, any time I mention something, fan engagement, somebody says match delegate to me. So, um, yeah, I'm really interested to see first game match delegate, see what that's all about. Uh, I'd love to get one on the podcast and talk about it a little bit more. But, yeah, let's just make people want to come. Um, I think it's I think it's really important that there's, there's that, that ability for somebody, if they want to go, they don't look out the window and go, nah. I'm not standing in that. So hopefully we see some interesting venues over the course of the season. But most importantly, across both divisions, we know exactly when the games are, where they are, and how much it's going to cost to get in. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, SWPL2, I'll ask you the same question asked in the SWPL1 podcast, Campbell. Um, I'm not going to ask you to predict winners and, and who will finish bottom, but I'm going to ask you who to look out for in the league player-wise this season. Anybody you've got your eye on? Um, obviously, they've made a lot of these the big name players, but again, it's that American trio, as I say, is uh, Bella Rosalina, Ali Crum, and Nakia Graham, who did belt last season. And I think if they can kick on, they could be three really entertaining players to watch for Dundee United. So they're a side that no bias shown whatsoever in this case. But um, yeah, I would like to see the three, and hopefully, they can continue that format the next season and we can shut up Graham Hart as we're giving United some good, um, some good coverage here. <laughs> well, we're going to stop now, though, because he's not worth it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I'm very much looking forward. I think, as you say, I'm interested to see how the, the American girls at Dundee United settle in now they've had a, a bit of bedding in. Um, I also think that there is a real interest in Heather Richards, obviously a former Scotland international, played at a, a, a good level before she kind of took away from the game. She's still only 25 as well, so it's not a case of this maybe somebody coming back for a last song song. She has got potentially a really good career still ahead of her. Um, the parallel I'm drawing is with Rachel Boyle, although there were two different reasons, different circumstances. But yeah, I'm very interested to see how she gets on as well. And I'm interested to see how the development players that have come into the squads get on, um, in particular, obviously, the Glasgow women. Uh, and I'm also quite keen to see how Shelley Campbell does at Queen's Park. Um, she was getting some game time at Rangers last season. I think she's a very tidy player on the ball, and I think she could be quite key for them. Um, I think maybe sometimes she doesn't have to do it all herself, but I, I'm going to keep your eye on her over the course of the coming weeks as well. But that rounds out SWPL2, Campbell. Um, if you've listened to this one, thank you very much for listening. Um, go back to listen to the SWPL1. We are now going to go away and record the SWPL Cup one um, and cover off anything else we want to talk about ahead of the new season. Uh, remember that you can follow Leading the Line at Leading the Line, and you can follow myself and Campbell on Twitter, the the hashtags will be out there and the ads as well. Uh, and obviously subscribe to the podcast. You can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Follow on the app. So go have a listen, rate it really highly, spread the word. And um, yeah, we'll speak to you again in a couple of days' time. Uh, thanks very much for listening. <laughs>